Windsor, Ascot, Maidenhead, Bracknell, Wokingham, Henley, Reading. The voice River Radio of the Thames Valley. You're listening to the Sports Show on River Radio. This is Extra Time. This is the, the, the Sports Show. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, where we bring you all the latest sports news from the Thames Valley and beyond. I'm Will Taylor, and over the next hour, I'll be talking you through debate and discussion alongside co-hosts Maria Sapsinos and Sam Setti. So come and join us while we get stuck into another episode of Extra Time. This week, we chat to Maidenhead United assistant manager Ryan Peters about their indifferent start to the season, as well as chatting all things Wickham and Reading. We're also going to be talking to Marlow Rugby Club about what they're up to at the moment, and even dive into Maria's goal to reach the Commonwealth Games once again. All that and much more to come on this week's Extra Time. Hello and welcome to Extra Time here on River Radio. I mean, there's only one thing it could be on a Wednesday night at six o'clock, isn't it? It's Of course it's Extra Time. I don't know why I even need to introduce it. Um, I'm joined by a slightly different pair of co-hosts this time, aren't I? Because we're without Ben Green via Zoom this week. Yep. Unfortunately. We are with Sam Setti, obviously, is here as usual. Maria, you're back. I'm back. I feel like we say this every time. <laughs> every, every time I come and sit this to you, Maria, you're back. Yeah, I take a, a two-week break. You know, sometimes it's a little bit too much for me. <laughs> yeah, well, I no, mean... I love being here, love being well, here. Well, while you, while you were uh, sunning it up, we were grafting, weren't we, Sam? We were, yeah. We were grafting. Yeah, my, my tan has faded completely yeah. now. Yeah, I, I'm not sure I've ever had one, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, that's sort of my the son, issue. My tan's still there. <laughs> so you, where, where have you been then? You've been... We'll get more into the specifics later, but tell us where you've been jet-setting yourself off to. Jet-setting? I wouldn't say Cluj, Romania is exactly <laughs> the highlight of my life, I know. Sorry for all those Romanians listening. But no, it was good, it was good, um, um, I was out in uh, Romania playing the European Championships and then I play a professional league in France so I was there for a few days um, playing out in France as well. I just got back yesterday and I'm off jet setting again off to luxurious Greece. Yeah. Oh, well that is luxurious to yeah. be totally fair. That's, that's lovely. I mean it is interesting. Isn't it? Like I said we'll get into the specifics later as we're going to talk about this whole sort of um, aim to get yourself back into the games and all that sort of thing. Um, it, it is sort of it was a decision that wasn't necessarily the easiest to make though was it? No definitely not. Um, a long thought out decision obviously I was there at the 2018 games and it's a four year cycle that you've got between them. It wasn't necessarily the easiest to make though was it? No. Um, it's a four-year cycle between mm. between them, so it's a little bit difficult there. Um, but yeah, uh, just difficult decision, especially with the with the COVID break. It was a bit of an international break, a little bit of a step away from from the table tennis table. But yeah, happy to be back and happy to be going for it again. That's <laughs> what you've got to do, isn't it? Um, Sam, are you aiming to get to any sort of international events and compete in them over the next few years? Sorry. What the OAP is over? <laughs> Seriously, no. I mean, the only thing the, like the that, thing is, so. you well, just never know, Sam. Like, you, well, I used to say that I was the captain of every Indian sport I ever could think <laughs> of because 
clearly there's no other Indians in the world. I mean, I was captain of the Indian swimming team once. I was captain of the Indian Ludo team. I was I was champion of Taekwondo. I mean, pff, yeah, whatever. All sorts, all sorts. Yeah. Puts me, I mean, like I said, I, every I lo- week you say this. I, I love you being here. I do. I genuinely love you being here, Maria, but it puts me to shame every single time. And I don't know why I do it to myself. I don't know why I let it happen. Uh, Sam, obviously, uh, Liverpool, as we mentioned just off air before, still the only unbeaten team in the Premier League, aren't they? Yes, so, by our fingernails. Um, before, I mean, we're not going to quite have time to mention this today. I do just want to give a special mention to that Mo Salah goal against Man City. By the way. I mean, that might be. I even watched that, and I thought it was amazing. That, that might be one of the best goals I've ever seen. It was literally unbelievable, and it's it's. I mean, he's a special player, isn't he? He's a special. About player. three of their players, and just well, he floored one of them, yeah. didn't he? What was going to say? Great time to score that goal in the middle of your negotiations for a new. Right. Well done, Mo. <laughs> we'll completely ignore the fact James Milner should have been sent off less than 30 seconds. Well, no, he should have been sent off. But what I'd say is don't give him a contract, please, because he's scoring amazingly. Yeah. As soon as he gets his contract, that's yeah. it. Nada. He'll have a dry, barren spell for the rest of his career. <laughs> he's uh, he's certainly playing into that into that sort of contract idea, isn't he? Um, we'll, we'll jump from the Premier League all the way down to the National League, shall we, um, to get things kicked off today. Mainhead United were back in action last night um, as the National League doesn't know the meaning of a break, let alone an international one. Uh, following on from a positive result at Grimsby last week, the Pies were looking to build on it, but it didn't quite work out that way. Equalising equalising late on on Saturday wasn't enough as they conceded in the 92nd minute to slump to a 3-2 loss against Kings Lynn Town. They were also in action last night though, sharing the spoils with Yeovil in a game that saw last minute last minute loan signing JJ Mingi get himself sent off after signing from Portsmouth. Earlier today, Abby Ticehurst caught up with assistant manager Ryan Peters to get his reflections. So let's start with Saturday. How much did it hurt to equalise so late on and still go on to lose? Still hurts now. Um, at the moment, we haven't been playing particularly well. Um, it's not a team that is known to an Adam, Adam Devonshire. We're known to be a nice, compact, resolute. We've been letting in far too many goals of late. Um, to be able to concede one of that late after equalising has hurt. Fortunately, we had Tuesday. That comes out quite quickly, so we're able to put things right. But yeah, we're, we're still, uh, that is still in the memory. <laughs> uh, conceding two so rapidly after half time, do you think that's a lack of concentration? Yeah, it is. And strangely enough, we said we had to start right. First 15 minutes of the second half, we had to be right on it. And uh, it was anything but within the first five minutes, um, two goals have gone in. So uh, the good thing is we know where the issues are and we're working as hard as we can to, to change those. Um, we've got a few boys coming back now from long-term injuries, boys that probably played all of last season. So I'm not making excuses. We should have been better than we were. But as they start to come back, I hope we'll see an improved performance. Nice. Uh, are the performances there, or is there more to see from this group? Lots, lots more to see. Uh, last season was really, really good for us. I know we've lost quite a few influential players, um, but there is a lot more to come. We've uh, been indifferent most of the season, been in games most of the time. And we've done that without some of our players that, are, that have been on long-term injuries. So as they start to filter back into the squad, we will only get better. Uh, a solid point against a kind of experienced Yeovil side last night, but another red card. Uh, is there a conversation to be had regarding discipline? <laughs> um, it would suggest so, right? I mean, we've had a few red cards in, in a short space of time. Um, Jay has just come into us. Probably a little bit naive in his second tackle. He probably won't do that again. I don't necessarily think it's a conversation to be had. I just think it's maybe been a bit smart with some of the challenges that we make. Um, the surface was wet. 
and they really went to, and it rained in fairness to us so we had to be careful with some of our challenges um, and as the ball just seems to run away from you try to tend to lunge in to try and get that ball back and it's cost them a second yellow card but he was brilliant when he cut when he played for us for as long as he was on the pitch for and then for the rest of the boys to be able to maintain and come away with a draw being able to send them for the 20 minutes of the game was brilliant as well um away from home though so can it be, be considered a good point Really, really good point. Um, I actually think if we had uh, managed to keep 11 men on the pitch, we would probably gone on to, to have nicked one. Um, but we were solid right throughout. And that is now the platform for us to hopefully go on to Saturday's game and maintain our levels now. We can't be dipping in and out of being okay and then dropping below our standards. We have to try and find a, uh, a happy medium and stick to it. Uh, are there any players you're looking to bring in or is it too early at this point? Never too early. Never too early. As the gaffer said, he's... Um, He's still trying to find the right balance. And if there's a player out there that is going to give us that balance, he will bring him in. There is no names that I can give you right now, but um, he's always on the lookout. He's very, very low to the squad that he has. And where he can keep playing the squad that he has, he will. But of course, it's a results-driven business and he has to try and get as many results as possible. So if you have to go into the market to find the right player, I'm sure you will do so as well. So looking ahead to Ultranum, a side may be punching above their weight, but not to be underestimated. No. Good, good side, actually. Um, our first encounter with them was last season when the gaffer was in hospital. Um, and they played really, really well at their, their ground and beat us. So we know and a lot about them. And we know we can't underestimate them at all. We're in a different form. We played really, really well on Tuesday. Now it's just a case of building on that. And now it's going to be another tough game. So they showed good spirit kind of clawing two goals back against Grimsby. What do you expect from them on Saturday? Uh, very much to go. Um, it's going to be it's going to be their place. They're going to be expecting to... Uh, come and get a win against us, especially with the form that we're in. It's down to us to make sure that we turn the tide. It's down to us to impose ourselves on them. And it's down to us to try and get some points on the board. And finally, the not the start you would have wanted to the beginning of the season. Are there positives going forward? And does a top half finish still remain in your sights? Positives. There's always positives that you can take from any, from any loss. Um, and that's what we've been doing. When you're on a, what well, it was, a six-game losing streak, what you, what you don't want to do is harbour on all of those losses. It doesn't help when we're going into training. So there has been parts, elements of games where we have been on top and have made chances but haven't managed to take them. So those have been the positives for us. Um, we have to make sure that we carry on doing that. And I believe once we manage to turn the tide, once we get our performances to where they should be, yes, the top half finishes in our sights. But of course, we are made led. We are part-time. And first and foremost, we have to make sure that we can get ourselves well away from that relegation zone as quick as possible. Brilliant. Thanks so much for your time this morning, Ryan. And good luck against Ultra doing this Saturday. Thank you very much. Ryan Peters there speaking to our good friend Abby uh, after they drew to Yeovil on Tuesday night and obviously, of course, lost to Kings Lynn on Saturday as well. Disappointing couple of results, Maria. Yeah, definitely a little bit disappointing there for Maidenhead. But, I mean, it is a little bit consistent with the whole start of their season. Do you think Maidenhead are maybe just like seeing the start reality of not being able to replace those top players? Definitely. I think that's absolutely what it is. And I think there's there's a lot of external factors that are going to play into that across the season. I mean, I've, I feel like I've said it on every single show we've had, to be completely fair, but you lose someone like Danilo Orsi and, and um, you know, a, a couple of other players that, that, that Ryan's mentioned before. And it's so hard to replace those players, especially at that level. It, yeah. it, they can be so few and far between. And, you know, you, you're picking diamonds out of the rough that you have to do really well with. 
but there it's are difficult. there are yeah. rough bits in the rough world. <laughs> Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that you definitely. have to pick up. So, so it's it's a really really tough one. But I think I think they'll, they'll, they should be fine. I don't think there's there's too much worry. I mean, he he obviously mentioned that their obvious obvious priority is getting away from relegation. I, I don't think they'll be there. They'll they'll be anywhere near that. It's not been the easiest starts for them. But the Kings Lynn results shocked me, especially when you equalise in the ninetieth minute. To then go and concede again in the ninety second, yeah. you know, the morale must just be sucked from the. Do you know what I mean? I did want to ask you about this, Sam, though, because obviously you know um, a few like the the higher up people at Maidenhead. They obviously have um, a, a, quite a lot of their attention is focused on the new grounds. Do you think that plays any sort of role in in to sort of how things are going on the pitch? Yeah, it will always cause a distraction, I think, but also it, it moves the finances away from where they need them to be. So. They probably aren't putting the money back into the playing staff that they need to because they've got to sell the ground, buy the new ground, build the, build the infrastructure around it. So a lot of the funding will go towards that. The question is, how much will it affect the team and will will they lose their position before they get the stadium built? So it's that horrible joke. I mean, look, you know, you've seen it before at the Premier level. You know, Arsenal didn't do anything for years, right? Tottenham even now with that beautiful new stadium. Yeah. It's not, not an awful lot they're doing with it, is there? Well, they can't afford to. I mean, mm. you know, they are literally paying it all back. Mm. They're, they're heavily in debt. Arsenal still are heavily mm. in debt. They've just got to be made. They've just got to be careful. They don't make the same mistake. Then, which I don't yeah. think they will. In fairness, they seem to be very well run. But, but I mean, you, you've got to be careful, especially with the last sort of eighteen months. Everyone's gone through as well, haven't you? Yeah, it's very easy, and I think you know they've also got to be very careful. They've lost one of their critical differentiators, the oldest stadium in the world, mm. and so you're not replacing it with anything. So they better it resembles the same sort. They of better thing. be able to increase the crowd capacity there to to try and Definitely. move them up the leagues. Otherwise, you've just sold one of your. Your va- most valuable things. Anyway, uh, uh, good luck to them. <laughs> Absolutely. Good luck to them going forward. Uh, so perhaps not the start to the season Maidenhead United were looking for last night, but there is plenty of football left to be played this season as we start to get a feel just for how teams are going to perform this season. We're certainly getting a better idea of that with our next club as well. A Saturday's game for Wickham was an absolute corker. Windsor, Windsor, Ascot, Ascot Maidenhead, Maidenhead, Bracknell, Bracknell Wokingham, Wokingham, Henley, Henley Reading. Reading. Okay. The voice, River Radio, of the Thames Valley. On to the next of our local clubs in the Thames Valley area then, and attention falls to Wickham Wanderers, who, after an overall positive start, faced a tough game on Saturday against surprisingly high-flying Morecambe. It wasn't your typical chair boys performance, though, and they didn't keep it time just win 1-0, as the game produced seven goals, and even a last-minute winner. On the line now via Zoom is Extra Time's answer to Chris Kamara. It's Ed Tolton. How you doing, Ed? You all right? I'm very well, thank you, Will. Thank you for that uh, effusive welcome back to the show as well. <laughs> we, you have been very sorely missed, mate, but with you being on commentary, I just couldn't resist a, you know, I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> one of the questions I'm going to ask you, the answer is going to be, I don't know, Will. That's all I can pray for at this point. That's all I can pray for. Um, just just like going back to what I said in the intro there, if, if you were a betting man, you would never go anywhere near the amount of goals being scored as seven in a Wickham game. No, you almost certainly wouldn't. And and what's more, against a newly promoted side, albeit one that has performed well, you know, Wickham with a hundred percent record at home so far in the league, you felt that that this was there for the taking. But to be honest with you, the um the Morgan 
team didn't really appear to have read the script because they went 1-0 up within the first four or five minutes. I mean, it was a, a really poor goal to concede from Wickham's perspective. David Stockdale came out, looked as if he was going to claim the ball, didn't, left it to his defence. And and then I think, you know, they just <laughs> effectively, the, the central midfielder for Morecambe, you know, kind of played a pass that got a deflection. It kind of rolled into the net. No one really saw that coming. And, and if I'm honest with you, uh, I think Wickham struggled to recover throughout the, the remainder of the first half. Morecambe then went 2-0 up um, with a really superbly taken goal by a midfielder called Adam Phillips, who's on loan from Burnley, who's got five goals already in League One this season. Um, and at 2-0, you, you, you would never have said the way that Wickham had played, that they were, they were likely to get back into that game at all. But very much a game of two halves, to use a cliche, and uh, the second half was absolutely worth waiting for. Well, it sounds like it was, and obviously to be on commentary must have been pretty cool as well. I'm sort of curious in, in that sense that, you know, I mean, it's it, like I said, like we, you know, we just sort of said it was un, uncharacteristic of Wickham to, to play like that, to win like that, even to go one nil down. It's not normally how they necessarily do things, but that, that is it's such a staple of a Gareth Ainsworth side for them to, to come back and win it. In the gantry, you have a big, you had a big feeling for the atmosphere and all that sort of stuff. Did it feel like a winner was coming for them? I think the thing the thing that I certainly noticed even in the first half was when Wickham got into the offensive final third, the crowd perked up. I mean, there was only 4,000 or so there. So, you know, in terms of, uh, of attendances at Adams Park, it was 1,500 below what they'd had at Charlton, who had brought quite a lot of away fans. But there was always a sense that if Wickham could maybe get the next goal, even at 2-0 down, I always felt that, that they would maybe generate sufficient momentum to get back into the game but I felt they needed to score early in the second half that's what I said on commentary and I think they got two back within the opening 10 minutes of the second half at that point it was anyone's game and the momentum was was with them but credit to Morecambe because uh, you know you have to say that they didn't just sit on sit on 2-2 and look for a point they went out to win that game even at 3-3 they went out to win the game ultimately that might well approve their undoing but certainly for the neutral tremendously entertaining game and a great advert for, for football at that level. I think it is. I mean, and, and like you said, I mean, regardless of what you think about Morecambe, I certainly didn't even think they were going to get a point or a goal this season. You know, they, they seem to be completely written off, losing a manager of Derek Adams' stature, who'd done so well to get them there to a team in the league below, was a real kick in the teeth. And they, they just seem to have picked themselves up. From a Wickham perspective, obviously, with so much of their sort of um, mantra being built around being tight at the back, and, and you know, they'll, they'll nick one nils, it'll smash and grab is sort of the name of the game for Gareth Ainsworth not in a not in a disrespectful way that's just what he does best do you think although obviously the win will be hugely encouraging there's a lot to be taken out of the fact that they did concede three goals and as you mentioned one of them was quite a poor goal to concede as well I absolutely and I think um I think Gareth Ainsworth said afterwards that that it was a bit of a lesson you know they were caught they were caught off guard and it showed that they can't just waltz into games newly promoted side or otherwise with a 100% record at home and, and think the game's already won. Um, I mean, for me, the thing it may be exposed a little bit more was the was the extent to which they, they if you like, tried to execute plan A and continued to try and execute plan A and didn't seem to have an answer. Uh, that, as a manager, would have been the thing that perhaps concerned me. I mean, Sam Vokes, bless him, one goodness knows how many headers. And, and Wickham seemed to effectively be gambling on uh, on McCleary and Horgan to, to if you like, you know, take a gamble on those knockdowns and, and maybe win them. When that's not happening, y- you seem to be executing and delivering very little. Um, and it was when they actually, it was the first shot on goal, I think, in the second half. Daryl Hawkins just got himself into a into a shooting position and that was from Wickham playing through the thirds. Um, 
he let fly and the rain was so torrential that, that Kyle Etherin in the Morecambe goal absolutely should have saved it, got a big strong hand to it, but inexplicably it went in. Mm. And they just needed that little bit of luck because they weren't getting it in the first half. So, you know, they're clearly capable players. I would be concerned about the amount of goals they conceded, but I mean, the first one you could write off as being, you know, uh, that happens. It was unfortunate, but you know, you, you'd rarely see that in a Wickham side. The second goal would be more of a concern, very well taken, but you know, you're going to concede goals at this level. I think the pleasing thing from a Wickham perspective was four different scorers as well. Goals are coming from everywhere. They're not relying on Sam Vokes. Um, and look, at the end of the day, they got the three points, which is the most, the most important thing for them because very much their focus is on trying to get themselves back up to that championship level if possible. Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned the goals coming from everywhere. I think I think it, it, last week we were talking about two defenders scoring that won them the game. So it certainly is going to prove invaluable. Finally, just before just before we move on, um, last night, obviously, I, it was away at MK Dons, a trophy that perhaps isn't um, taken the most seriously by a lot of teams in that division, just purely down to the amount of fixtures that the teams have to play. Uh, to, to lose 2-1 to MK Dons, a team that they'd sort of struggled against previously as well. Do you think that that's a result that will take any bearing on the players or do you think it's something they can just sort of brush past and look forward to Saturday? Not particularly would be my analysis. I think I think that competition has very much been compartmentalised, not just by Wickham, by by a lot of yeah. clubs. You know, if you looked at that lineup, it won't be the lineup that you will see on Saturday. There will be some changes made to it. I've no doubt about that whatsoever. To be honest with you, it's a rather peculiar competition, the Johnson's paint, because I don't think anyone takes it particularly Papa John's seriously. Now, it's, it's Papa John's, I apologise. There you go. No, no, but that's um, what I mean. It's no, no, that's, that's the, that's the therein, nature of it. Therein, it? if you like, lies the message that ultimately it's a, it seems to be just, if anything, a slightly unwelcome distraction. Uh, when you're already playing 46 games in the league season and you take part in the League Cup and the FA Cup, granted you don't get to the final rounds, it's, it's more games. I think they're using it really to get minutes in the legs of players who maybe need to come back who are more on the periphery, but Wickham's focus is fairly and squarely on getting back into that championship level, as I said before. Um, I don't think it'll affect the players adversely. To be honest, it seems to be a competition that if you if you find yourself suddenly getting out of the group stages, then you might start to look at it and think, well, maybe this is a, 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 possible, a possible avenue to, to give the club a big day at Wembley. But to be quite honest with you, Wickham have made their priorities incredibly clear. It's been reflected in the attendances, uh, in the team selections, all of that. So to tell you the truth, I think they'll draw a line under it and and just go again Saturday. You know, Gillingham are not playing terribly well at the moment and not placed very well in the league. And they'll be looking at that as another opportunity to to cement their their place among the uh, certainly the playoff teams. Definitely. I think I think you're absolutely bang on it. It'll be really interesting to see how that unfolds. Just just um obviously like just mentioning that Gillingham game, like you said, they they've got to be favourites for it. It's not a side that's playing particularly well, but they're, they're a hardened team, aren't they, Gillingham? They're not a team that are easy to break down and, and play against. Yeah, I mean, I've looked, I've looked into it a little bit. Gillingham do seem to be a team that are maybe lacking a little bit of quality, but I think you, you underestimate any team at this level at your peril because the further down the, the footballing pyramid you go, particularly you're still in league football, anyone can give you a bloody nose on any given day. Wickham will have had a very strong lesson in that from the Morecambe game, which they very nearly lost. Um so with the best will in the world, I don't think you'll see a repeat of that kind of complacency that you maybe arguably saw on uh, on Saturday against Morecambe just gone, to be quite honest with you. Uh, you know, like I say, any any team on their day can beat any other in this league, but I would not be back in Wickham uh, to, to lose this one. I, I, think it, I think it will be a routine three points at home personally. I would have thought so. Ed, thank you so much for joining us and giving us such a good insight, mate. No worries, you're welcome. All the best. Catch up with you soon.
so obviously uh, that's uh, Ed just going into all the stuff about Wickham there it certainly will make for a really interesting game on Saturday to see how they get on but up next we're going to be talking all things Royals as the men's and women's team continue to fly the flag of the area at some of the highest levels Mixed results for the men's and women's team this weekend then, as the men picked up with another win, making it 12 points taken out of their last 15, despite their injury crisis as they sit two points off the playoffs. But of course, with obviously the big points deduction that I keep talking about looming over them, uh, the women haven't found as much fortune on the pitch though, conceding 10 in their first four games and failing to score themselves. We are now joined on the line though by our man in the know for his extra time debut. It's football journalist and River Radio's Reading correspondent, Jacob Hawley. Jacob, how are we doing, mate? Oh. We've got some technical issues here. One second. One sec. Doesn't look like we've got any audio going for Jacob. It couldn't go simply, could it? That would be no, far too definitely. easy. That would be far too Radio, easy. Radio, they say it's yeah, easy, yeah. don't they? It's meant to be a plug. Oh. It's meant yeah. to be a blag. Yeah, that's fine. Bear me one, just one second. Um, and we'll just quickly go to that. Um, just quickly, though, just before we, we can get Jacob on the line. Um, that, that stuff about the, about the Reading women is just, I mean, that, that's such a terrible start, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, for them to be bottom of the league at the moment as well is just, is not, not ideal for them. I think uh, they've, they've had a few signings. I know they had a, a Welsh international come in as well and, and yeah, it's uh, it's definitely not the the way that Reading women would definitely hope to to start the season. But you know, as we keep saying, there's a lot more football to be played. There, so. certain, there certainly is. The thing is, as well with the women's games, there's just more and more money coming into it, isn't there? Week after week, it just seems to be, you know, year upon year upon year. Obviously, we saw the the American international Alex Morgan sign for uh, sign for. Tottenham just last year, didn't yeah, we? That was a massive milestone. Tobin Heath just Tobin Heath, yeah, Arsenal. exactly. It's all these people that are sort of coming through that it just makes you think that the strength of the women game really is growing and growing and growing. Uh, I believe we're just about to be joined on the line shortly by Jacob. Oh, hang on, we got him on Zoom. 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 He's just about to pick up the phone, just connected by Bluetooth. It wasn't worth it in the end. Hi, Jacob. Do you want me to do your intro again, mate, or are you all right? Well, no, no, it's all right. Football journalist. I know. First I know. I built yeah, it up. Yeah. I built it up like this, and he couldn't even get his zoom to work. It's a joke. <laughs> first and last show, I think, Jacob. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> now, all jokes aside, obviously, mate, we just touched on the women a little bit. Just, uh, just going into the men's team. It wasn't the best immediate start for Reddin, was it? But I mean, they don't look a bad side. No, exactly that. I mean, we struggled at the start. Um, we we were slow off the mark, and uh, talk of Velko Panovic. You know, people talking about him potentially leaving, but um, given the situation with the, the transfer embargo, meaning we, we can only bring in free agents and loan players, um, I think we've, we've done really well, and particularly, particularly well recently. I mean, there was talk of the nine-point deduction, as you mentioned. Um, more recently, the reports have suggested that it is more likely to be six points, um, and, and the four wins from five softens the blow for Panovic, really. I mean, that's 12 vital points, and if you look at it in the long run, if, if those six points are taken off us now, let's say they were taken off us now, we are still out of the relegation zone. Mm. Um, and at the moment, like you said, only two points from the playoffs. So we're on the rise in a way. Nice, nice, of, to, to, nice of you to do your fellow point deductees derby a favour and let them beat you as well. <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice touch. I mean, what's all this? Uh, what's the sort of latest with the injury crisis as well? Mark McNulty picked up a knock, didn't he, recently? 
Yeah, I mean, Mark McNulty's picked up a knock, but that shouldn't mean an awful lot for, a lot for Reading because he hasn't featured for a while now. But um, we are really struggling. I mean, uh, defender defender wise, we've played uh, Andy Yeardom and Josh Lauren in the centre back roles, uh, who usually obviously right back in the centre mid. Uh, that was two games. We did that against Derby. I think they struggled a little bit more against Derby. Derby did deserve the points, but we did well to bounce back, showed that bounce back ability against Cardiff. Um, but obviously, Liam Moore came back into the side for Cardiff, the captain. Um, so we got one back. Uh, and obviously, Scott Dan now nearing fitness. He's made a couple of appearances from the bench and uh, could be in line for a start against Barnsley after the international break. That'll be interesting. It's the dreaded word for every football fan, isn't it? International break. It really, really is, especially when you support a team at that level. Um, just just stepping away away from Reading specifically, obviously this week, this weekend saw ex-player Michael Elise score for Crystal Palace. But I mean, if you're a young player in that Reading setup, you must be looking at that thinking, you know, that could be me. Oh yeah. I mean, the academy at Reading, I know I'm obviously biased, but it, it's absolutely <laughs> class. And you look at Omar Richards as well, he's, he's now getting games at left-back for Bayern Munich. Um, I mean, what it says is massive. It looks great on the academy, like you say. And um, for the likes of, you know, Ethan Bristow, Dejan Tetic, who've both made appearances this season, Dejan Tetic more recently, um, he's picked up a little knock now, no surprise. But but mm. if he can continue to push on into the side, you look at Michael Elise, I mean, Twitter's going crazy for him. He's... he's <laughs> He's a top, top player and he's proving that in the Premier League now and, and the sky's the limit for him, really. It certainly is. It certainly is. I reckon you should just stop training. I think that's the key. Clearly, there's <laughs> something going wrong. Sack the physio or something. That is, it's, it's obviously um, a big thing. Just moving on to the women then. Obviously, it's not been the same sort of um, same sort of fortune uh, for them. What what do you think, what do you put it down to, this sort of disastrous start that they've had? I mean, it's, it's hard, isn't it? It's four games, four losses, yet to score. Um, Kelly well, Chambers... Kelly Chambers, obviously, she knows the club inside out. She's played a huge role as director of football too. But, I mean, I watched that opening uh, opening day defeat 2-0 to Manchester United. It was, I think it was the first one to be televised on Sky Sports. And it, it was, we looked all right. You know, we held, we held up um, for large spells of the game. But once United got away and they got their opening goal, it was really, it was a different game. Obviously, it's a matter of getting back into the game. And the second just killed it. Uh, more recently, that 3-0 loss to Everton at home. Which I mean, that was that was really disappointing because the attendances are quite they're quite good actually at the Nadeski and um, we finished seventh last season in the women's Super League. But but the goals this weekend against Everton it wasn't great. Grace Maloney saved a penalty with 15 minutes to go. That was that was really nice to see because you know it's uplifting and it's needed in this time. But uh, at the moment, there's a lot of work to be done before we can turn it around. That yeah, certainly is, mate. I think you're absolutely bang on. I mean. Like you said, how much of a general worry is relegation? Because obviously they, they've been a bit of a stalwart at that level, Reading, and it's, it's a really sort of proud um, thing for them to be at that level, especially for the local area. It's so important to stay in that division though, isn't it? Because it can be so hard to get out of that, that league below. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, we, like you say, we've been there a while now, um, but it's, it's hard to keep some of your best players and we struggled with that recently. I, I mean, not particularly recently, but Frank Kirby being one of them, um, going on to play for Chelsea and, and she's really a top top player in the women's super league now so it's hard to keep your players when you're you're reading but we found that with the men's and the women's team um but obviously with the with the academy providing such raw talent then we can hope that we can have enough to stay up and hopefully turn around our fortunes 
Just before I let you go, mate, home to Villa on Sunday, as there's obviously no international break for the women. How important is it to try and get a result there? This Could this be the sort of turning point for the season, do you think? I mean, you'd hope so. It's, you, five losses on the bounce, uh, it would not be a great look and um, really need to get some points in the bag. Be it just one, it would be amazing. Um, but Villa, you know, they'll be coming to the to the Medeski hoping to take all three points. They've seen how we've how we've started and I'm sure they'll feel confident, but we have to use that and uh, work with their complacency and, and try and grab what we can from the game and, and get kick-started for this season. Certainly, mate, and, and absolutely 100% agree and best of luck to them on Saturday. What a debut, by the way, Jacob. You've done absolutely Amazing. top draw, mate, yeah. top draw. We'll have you back. I retract my earlier statement. Uh, that's Jacob Hawley there, Reading, uh, Reading correspondent here for Extra Time at River Radio and, of course, football journalist. Um, I mean, it's certainly going to be interesting viewing for both clubs to see how the season unfolds and hopefully we can see a turnaround for the ladies as well. Up next, we're going to be showing local sport a little bit more love and talking all about Marlow Rugby Club. Windsor, Windsor Ascot, Ascot Maidenhead, Maidenhead Bracknell, Bracknell Wokingham, Wokingham Henley, Henley Reading, Reading. Okay. Ta-da. The Voice River Radio of the Thames Valley. Welcome back to Extra Time here on River Radio with myself, Will Taylor, Maria Sapsinos and Sam Setti. That's right, we've had our football chat now. We've got it all out of our system, haven't we? It's all out. It's only taken <laughs> half the show, don't worry. <laughs> uh, it's time to talk about, I'm, I'm sure, what Sam would, would probably describe as a proper game now, the man's game. Yeah, not played by girly <laughs> like you lot. Yeah. <laughs> Like you lot. That's a vicious attack in the studio, <laughs> that, if I've ever heard one. Was that um, an attack on us? I, well, I, 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 I think more so on me. In we'll fairness, take but, it outside yeah. and talk about it later. <laughs> oh, the very final episode of Extra Time on River Radio. Um, no, in, in all seriousness, obviously, um, I, I think, to be honest, as much as I'd love to lead this, Sam, this is your area of expertise, isn't it? Well, I, I, one of my areas, hopefully, <laughs> not the only thing I've ever done. Yeah. Very, very good area of expertise. But obviously, we're, we are going to be talking to Marlow Rugby Club. Um, they are one of Buckinghamshire's premier clubs playing in the Southern Counties Northern League. The fourth in the table at the minute after two league games. Uh, they obviously won their, won their game last weekend. Oh, sorry, l- l- lost their game last weekend. Apologies. Um, we have got Andrew Webb, the press officer, on the line now for Marlow Rugby to discuss a little bit about the team's performance and what we can sort of expect to see from the rest of the season. But I believe, Sam, you two go a bit back, don't you? Hey, Nobby, how are you? <laughs> hi, hi, Sam. Yeah, I, was, I was worried there. So I've, I've got Sam up on the on the picture here, and it, it, it didn't look like Sam. Look, looked much prettier than this. Yes, <laughs> he's definitely I'm talking. Than no, you, Sam. They, they, yeah, remember, he can see me as well, really, So he's definitely <laughs> talking about me. Your name is River Radio. Not don't worry. Sam. Don't worry. He meant me. It's fine. Sorry. <laughs> if I turn the camera, you'll be able to see it. There you go. No, I don't really want to see. No, Sam. no. <laughs> Yeah, no, and I, I used to. The only thing I used to see of Nobby was his backside, his number eight. So I really haven't. I haven't a clue what his It'll face looks like. <laughs> let, let just just for clarification, that is strictly in a rugby context as well, <laughs> as far as I'm aware. Um, right, enough anyway of, of all this sort of stuff. Um, first and foremost, Andrew, can you just tell us a little bit about sort of everything that goes on at, at Marlow Rugby Club? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, we you're probably sick and tired of, of hearing about COVID, but we're, we're actually quite proud of what, what went on in the last 18, 20 months. We've, we weren't able to play proper rugby. We were, when we could play, we were playing touch or form of it. And uh, and so the boys were not only trying to keep fit, but they're out and about um, in the community, um, uh, you, making sure prescriptions went out to the people that really needed it and that were, were, were locked down. So it was... Uh, 
we actually got to know, I think, a lot more people around Marlow than we ever have done because uh, we weren't sort of hidden away down by the river at Riverwoods. We were, we were out and about a bit more. So, uh, yeah, we, we, if you can say we enjoyed it, we, we, we did. And uh, I think uh, now, that, now the boys are back, back playing and they're sort of getting used to getting the ball back in their hands and uh, running around. It's been a bit rusty the first couple of weeks, but we're, we're getting there. So, uh, I can't call him Andrew. I've never called him Andrew in my life. Just a private Mr. Webb. Yeah, Mr. Webb. Let's <laughs> um, so the defeat to Wickham. Uh, yeah. You know, was it was it something that was close? You know, could we have taken yeah. that? I say we. I, st- I revert back to we instantly. <laughs> but could, could Marlow have taken that, or was it a one-sided game? Yeah, it was. It was a. It was a. It was a tough game actually for the second game back. It was as you know, Sam. It was a, a local derby, and uh, you don't you don't leave uh, you, you don't leave much in the changing room when you when you go out and play against uh, the old foe. So um, yeah, it was uh, it, it was a fast start by Wickham. They've got a, a big pack, very big pack actually. So uh, uh, lump, lumpy front front, uh, front row and uh, uh, you know, weight advantage. So they, they went up to a nineteen nil win, a nineteen nil um, lead very very early on, and uh, we actually pulled it back to twenty nineteen, and then we ended up sorry no it was 19, 17... 17 points up that they they went and then we 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 got it back to 1917 and then they uh, they ran away with it 2719 in the last uh, the last quarter but we had we had a few injuries that uh, really affected the game so the, the boys are, it's a young team and uh, a lot of talent coming through so we we we're, we're really excited about the future there so it's uh, and it, it, you know I know you've you've got a lot of football su- supporters and a lot of uh, listeners on the on the radio here that that uh, support the the round ball but um if you fancy a change of scene and and, and uh, also lovely surroundings down by by riverwoods come down and uh, and watch us play i'd say one thing i will say about it either i've not directly ever been down to Marlow rugby club but rugby as a whole is just such an inclusive sport i i, I can 100 percent see that being the case i did just want to ask obviously it's your 75th anniversary this season uh just sort of yeah. wondered if there's anything you've sort of got planned for that yeah, we've got a ball at the end of the season, so we're, 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 um, we've, we've got um, a lot of preparation going into that. So it's going to be uh, uh, a big event at the end of the season in terms of uh, celebrating it. And we, we're hoping also to have a, a players' dinner where we're bringing back as, as many of the old boys on. Uh, and and uh, I should say old boys, also ladies. We've got a very strong ladies' team, um, and uh, they've been growing from strength to strength. And uh, just this season too, one of the things we've been trying to do is encourage um, girls to come down and, and play you know, prior to, to sort of the senior sides. And I think all the clubs in the area struggle to put teams together. So we, we, we've now, we're really, really proud to have a, a, a combined side, which, which actually is with Chesham, uh, Wickham, Marlow and Beaconsfield. And they, they, they now play in a local league and, uh, you know, it's, it's really encouraging the youngsters to come down and play from early age of five onwards. But also that thing, that, that gap we have with the ladies is, is, uh, is now being filled. And in fact, our ladies team, I think, is probably, you know, one of our strongest assets now. So, uh, Stone the World up next. Uh, what's the chances against Stone? Um, yeah, I think, I think we've got a very good chance at home. We, we've, we've had a few injuries in the front row, but we're... we're uh, um, we're always strong at home. We always like to, to run out and and uh, uh, we, we we don't like we don't like to uh, to leave a win 
um, begging. So we, we, we'd definitely be up for it against Stowe. And I think we're going to be we're going to be strong at the weekend for sure. What time's kickoff on Saturday then? If people it's want to three o'clock. Yeah, so three o'clock. And uh, you know, if you want to come down, have a. Uh, you don't have to be a member of the club. If you fancy coming down, having a wander around by the river. You know, the October weather now, if, if, the, if the weather holds up, it's uh, it's a beautiful walk along the towpath there and uh, come and watch a few minutes of the game. If you fancy a beer or, or a glass of wine afterwards, join us in the clubhouse. It's uh, it's always welcome. We, everyone's welcome from the community to come in and uh, join us. Absolutely. Um, that's 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 really great to hear. Sort of um, looking, casting your mind even further forward then in terms of the season, how do you sort of see it playing out in terms of where you, you sort of think you might finish and, and sort of lo- longer term? Yeah, I think it's a rebuilding season for us. If we, if we, if we keep all our players fit, um, I, uh, we, we've got we've got a lot of um, young youngsters in the in the team. I think top half of the table is is uh, is, is certainly uh, um, is, is is certainly our expectation. But um, I think if if we get all the players fit, we should be pushing for promotion as well. Why not? Exactly that. It's why not? Exactly that. Exactly that. Andrew, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, cheers, Will. And uh, good to speak to you again, Sam. <laughs> yeah, take care, Nobby. I, I, yeah, I, didn't, I didn't want to call you Nobby as I say goodbye, so I thought <laughs> I better stay with Andrew. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Cheers. That's uh, Andrew Webb there from Marlowe Rugby Club giving us a bit of an insight into what it is there. I always find these chats, this, I love this bit of the show. I always find it so interesting just hearing about these different like clubs that might not all, you know, that obviously don't get the airtime that, that Wickham and Reading and the football teams do. So it's really nice. Uh, but we are going to turn our attention away from, I suppose, sports of that nature to one a little bit closer to home for us just after this. We're going to speak to our very own Maria Sapsinos about her Commonwealth Games aims. <laughs> Windsor, Windsor, Ascot, Ascot Maidenhead, Maidenhead, Bracknell, Bracknell Wokingham, Wokingham, Henley, Henley Reading. Okay. Ta-da. The voice, River Radio of the Thames Valley. That's right. I'm not sure if we've mentioned it before on the show, but co-host Maria Sapsinos is a Commonwealth bronze medalist in women's table tennis. Although we jest, she boasts serious accolade as being part of the first ever women's team team medal in table tennis. Her first games were all the way on the other side of the world and gained, and gained her a cult hero status for her celebration, even beating the hosts in the bronze medal match. And now, Maria, you fancy another pop at it, don't you? Yeah, I know. I feel like every time I come on, this slowly, slowly gets put in, and now, now it's got its own little segment. You know, it'll just be the Maria Maria Sapsino show. In a is that not? Of weeks. Is that not what it is anyway? <laughs> <laughs> might as well be, mightn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, so so talk us through it. Obviously, you were was it 2018? 2018 in yeah, the Gold yeah. Coast. That must have been incredible. That oh, was absolutely amazing. And now, I know it's a little bit mean to say, but. Birmingham, not really going to live up to it. I'm so glad that I went to the Gold Coast because I've, I've looked at the plans and obviously COVID halted a lot of things um, in terms of they're not going to have an athlete's village. They're going to have three separate villages. People are going to be dotted around the place. But I think that central hub really made the last um, Commonwealth Games. And I was speaking to a few people and from an athlete's perspective, the Commonwealth Games in the Gold Coast apparently was one of the most successful from an athlete's perspective in terms of engaging the community, mm. not so much. Right. And I think that's what Birmingham is trying to learn from in terms of they think that Birmingham is going to be a more get them together, mm. get people out and about and supporting because it's dotted all around, like from University of Warwickshire, University of Birmingham, then you've got the NEC. People are going to be 
playing everywhere and they're not it's kind of central as well in the country mm. isn't it Birmingham so people can travel up for a day and watch some of it they want to really engage the community I mean I I, I from my perspective it's not about the community I want to go and win medals but yeah of course yeah no but I mean it, it's just crazy to sort of get get involved in isn't it I mean like what what did it mean to you to go I mean because you went obviously under the premise it was obviously you were going there to win something but from a personal perspective, a little bit must have been for an experience. So when, how, how much did it mean to actually be on the podium and have that medal put, put down your neck the f- round your yeah. neck the first time? Yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty special. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. I think my whole experience was kind of, kind of the idealistic experience. It was my first games. I was out there just with co- a couple of my best friends, really, uh, who I've grown up with, and we were out in in kind of sunny Gold Coast with, with a pool around us. It was kind of unbelievable. And mm. obviously we were a bit upset when we lost the semi-final match against India, but credit is credit to them. They they played outstanding and then went and won the gold medal for the it's first time. It's never bad time. to go out to the winners, is it? No, but, but the best part about it, I think, really was the, the bronze medal match. You, you couldn't really write it any better playing against Australia, mm. home crowd, I think. It was about eight people who were supporting us three of them related to me (laughs) and so to beat them on their home soil yeah yeah. home soil was just incredible and and kind of I don't think any of us expected it we knew what we were capable of but we hadn't played any sort of tournaments like that we hadn't been to any olympics two years prior to that we hadn't played as a team at the last commonwealth games Mm. together a few of the players were were in the last team but as a a full four four man team we we hadn't been out and played anything so I Mm. think it was yeah a testament to how hard we worked and a lot of us were in education at the same time so we were balancing lots of things as well so it was really really 2018 best year of my life so far I can imagine it was yeah Um, I mean what what does sort of going for another Commonwealth Games look like then in terms of the commitment and training that has to go behind it yeah a lot so Mm. we've had obviously this um, break because of Covid it's been a little bit hectic and not so much table time has been happening because of everything and everything's starting to open up now as I said at the beginning of the shows at the European Championships and I was out in France and I'm off to Greece it kind of sounds like a glamorous lifestyle but <laughs> but it's but it's hard work it's hard work traveling for 14 hours and then going to play one match that lasts five and a half hours and then going back if you've lost or if it's, it's a mental toll as well as a physical toll and kind of getting back to that level that I knew I could play at before. I remember playing at the European qualifiers and I just, I knew I wasn't anywhere near what what I was kind well, of playing be, pre-COVID yeah. and it, it was kind of disheartening and really kind of not not the best thing. But yeah, a lot of a lot of training and a lot of commitment. Got to put a few things aside, obviously not River Radio because with my heart but yeah well, so you've said it yourself it's the Maria Sapsina yeah. so you can't yeah. you can't have the Maria Sapsina I'm rebranding by the way yeah. <laughs> extra time listen out next week all the stinking yeah extra videos. time's gone it is now the Maria Sapsina show um, I'm curious obviously I know you said in comparison Gold Coast Birmingham there's not a lot to be compared is there but does the idea of a home game sort of mean a little bit to you as well? This is what this is the country that you obviously plied your trade in. This is how it's how you got into the sport. What what were the home games to to win a medal at a home games? That's pretty much every athlete's dream, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think I think obviously you can't you can't in, aesthetically you can't beat the Gold Coast. Aesthetically, Birmingham has nothing on it in terms of. It's not by the sea, it's not got any sun, it's, it's just called Brum, isn't it, really? Yeah, it is But Brum, in terms yeah. of home games, I think it's going to be a real opportunity for me and for my family and for all my close friends who have never really been able to come and see me play 
um, a lot of the time because often it's in different places and they're going to come and see one of the biggest biggest events hopefully if I get selected obviously we're talking as if I'm in the squad I'm obviously mm. not in the squad no yet. of I've course gotta, not no but I'm going to work hard to get there but um, hopefully if I'm there next next August then well early Ju- well end of July August then it'll be a really good opportunity to have one everyone around me and yeah kind of celebrate that way even if we don't win a medal I mean to perform at two Commonwealth Games, mm. I can't really complain. It's more than I've done. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, obviously, just just finally before we before we go into it, um, there, there, obviously there is more than than just the team event at the games, including the singles and doubles. What do you think sort of Team England's prospectors are there? Yeah. So last time at the Gold Coast, I didn't get to play in the singles event. I was a little bit disheartened by that. Um, but yeah, apart from that, it was yeah really good. Obviously, we won the medal in the team. Um, in the doubles, we lost out in the quarterfinal, which was a little bit um, upsetting. But at the same time, yeah, I think we're going to go in, we're going to give it our all, we're going to wear that flag, and no matter what happens, I think we've got a lot of great players. Tintin Ho, who was obviously out of the Olympics, she's coming in to, to play, hopefully, if she gets selected as well. But yeah. Hopefully she can do some damage in singles and me and her together can, can really push for the doubles as well. That's what we'll be going for. I've got to ask you before you go, if, if anyone hasn't seen the video of you celebrating at the Gold Coast Games, what is it? Just just stick into YouTube, Maria Sapsugos. I actually have no idea. I can never find... I've only got the video because I screen recorded the video. If, if you can find it, try and find it because it is absolutely brilliant. And Maria just absolutely... Go, if you didn't think she was mental enough on the show... She is Pretty even more mental. mental. Yeah. She's a, you get a when, real insight into yeah. my mentality. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. Trust it's me, absolutely. I'll be bringing that to the uh, Birmingham 2022. Uh, we certainly hope so. I really can't wait. And hopefully, if you do get there, uh, I'm sure the River Radio team will be there to support you. Regardless, I mean, we're rapidly running out of time, but a couple of things we need to get through. And of course, it wouldn't be extra time without the hot topic. It's obviously been a crazy couple of weeks in sport recently, as it always is. It never seems to relax, does it? There's always different things for us to talk about. A bit of news from across the pond that I wanted to talk about in this week's sort of big hot topic was obviously that um, American football, obviously regarded as, they call it the national championship, don't they? And they say, they, you know, they, they say that they're the world champions when they win it. And I, I, am, I am quite into it. Tom Brady, uh, obviously, he's a well, well, world-renowned sportsman. Uh, he broke the... Uh, record for the most passing yards ever done by a quarterback which is a no mean feat I mean his Super Bowl record's unbelievable as well uh, but I just wanted to have a conversation about it really just in the sense that, that a lot of people are genuinely saying I've seen a lot of people saying as this record was broken that he is the greatest of all time in terms of athletes altogether can we be talking about a player that where only one country plays as the it's best difficult. ever it's difficult because obviously he is probably the greatest of all time American footballer, American yeah, footballer. yeah. Athlete, when you start bringing that in, you start sometimes. But this difficult. is the conversation, isn't yeah. it? This is well, what people it's are just, saying. It's, that's a stu- It's no offense, but whoever makes that comment is, you know, hasn't got a clue what they're talking about. What? Well, that's so, the end of this hot topic. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so the point being, it. Tom Brady couldn't outrun, you know, a uh, hundred meter sprint. You know, Usain Bolt. He couldn't dribble like Messi. I mean. To the sport, yeah, he probably is the greatest of all time. He is the goat for, mm. you know, there used to be the, um, uh, what was it, the um, LA 
no, what was he? And the Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, yes, and yeah. their, their quarterback was always, you know, I'm, I looked for him and he was like, wow, you know, he's amazing. And and now it's Tom Brady because of what he's achieved. And let's hope he doesn't do um, a cycling thing where we find out it's a drug thing. <laughs> <and he's laughs> yeah, seven championships. Can you imagine? Can that you would imagine? be awful. But um, at the end of the day, yeah, he's the greatest of all time for his no. sport. Do you think there's a, a, just playing devil's advocate purely, do you think there's an element of um, slight naivety to perhaps in the fact that we don't, it's not, I know it's obviously watched quite a bit over here, but not to the ex- same extent. I think it's, it's just America. Americans being Americans. But, but do, you not, do, you, do you not think, just like I said, purely playing, because I, I am in agreement with both of you, I don't think you can call someone who only plays in one country, but if, if there was an argument for it, we're not as exposed to the NFL as people are. And it is a very technical sport. It's not something you can just rock up and play. I mean, something stupid at college, like less than 1% of people that try and make it, make it. It's even more competitive than being a Premier League football. I'm with Maria. Look, you know, how can you have the world championship in baseball when it's only one country? (laughs) How can you have the greatest sport? You know, it's Americans. It's very typically American, isn't it? They are so myopic. You know, it's like, you know, we are the greatest. So they had a real shock when they took basketball abroad and mm. suddenly the Chinese were, you know, playing against them. Well, the Greeks actually beat them, didn't they? I mean, it's Ooh. like, it's like, yeah, I thought I'd get that in for you, <laughs> yeah. you know, But it was like suddenly, what, the Greeks aren't four foot two? No, there are six foot five Greeks as well out there, you know. Uh, you know his name's Adonis, and, you know, or Hercules, or, or, or Troy, you know, all of those Greeks. Um, so, yeah, no, it's it's the myopic nature of Americans, unfortunately. Of course it is, of course it is. Well, no, that, I, I don't think there's too much to, to, to argue with that. I mean, it is, it is an outstanding accomplishment regardless, and I think we can all be, we can all be in agreement that he is the greatest American footballer. Yeah, I'll definitely agree with that. But I don't think definitely. he's even in the top ten when it comes to athletes, really. Yeah. Well, I really it's don't. just difficult. As yeah. Sam said, every sport is just so unique, different physical attributes, different mental attributes. How can you compare them? You just can't, and you can't compare the dedication that, yeah, you say that less than 1% make it, but do we know the statistics for all those other sports? Because gymnastics is pretty pretty no, difficult, yeah, yeah. selective. Yeah, no, yeah, you're probably right. Although I would say... Uh, Geo Fatas, as you just, you know, the greatest American of all time, just doesn't really roll off the tongue. <laughs> so, you know, there you go. I was, wondering what, he, I was wondering what he was scribbling down then to try and make that work. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it, it is interesting, but I certainly think, um, just just moving back over to the UK then, there was a, one other bit of news just before we move on to the glorious Predictions League, which really is the greatest of all time. Yeah, it is. Um, Obviously, we saw the Watford manager surprisingly be sacked this week. I mean, it's just getting ridiculous, isn't it? I mean... It, do you, do you, is I, I, not even just in football. I wanted to ask this: Is there just this sense of loyalty just gone now in in like top tier professional sport, especially football? There just seems to be no loyalty at any level. I mean, Watford are awful for it, aren't they? I don't think there's heart from. I mean, you've got an mm. Italian owner of a football club who really is owns two other clubs as well. Yeah, I mean, it? they're not associated to it. I mean, even at the Leeds United level, I, I was listening to the owner there, and he's Spanish, and he was like, you know. He, yeah, he was more interested in what was going on in the Spanish league and whether you know Messi would stay there and whatever. Mm. These are these are business opportunities for them that they Absolutely. will do. And you look at Abramovich at Chelsea. You look at you know they they churn them over um, fast. Thing say equally, you could look the other way. United should have got rid of Solskjaer probably two seasons ago. Mm. Thank God they didn't. In Solskjaer, <laughs> we trust. <laughs> Said like a true Liverpool fan. Um, obviously, it's a, it's a ridiculous strategy that Watford have. But I mean. All I would say is it's it's, it's, it's works. 
They, they're, they're back in the Premier League. They, 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 admittedly, they did get relegated where they probably had they kept their managers, they might not have done. But if, if they stay in the Premier League this season, it'll look like a masterstroke. Well, I'll ask you so. both, where do you think Watford's aspiration is to achieve in the Premier League? What level? Uh, just remain, I would say. It's just, a, it's, well, they're never, for, for me, they're never yeah. going to be challenging for Europe, so, are they? And if you're not, Norwich, yeah, Watford, exactly. Burnley, I mm. mean, there's a whole bunch of teams. Southampton, you could probably put yeah, in there as you well. Know, they'll yeah. sell all their best players. I mean, I'm. Probably sure that Ismail Saar will be sold if they go down this time. Mm-hmm. You know, they've already sold Kepu to Everton, didn't they? Yeah, they I did, mean, yeah. You know, yeah. Th- so they're already selling their best players. They're already just setting their goals. I bet you their contracts, because a lot of them now set their contracts. If you go down, you don't hold your Premier League status in mm-hmm. terms of salary. So they're yo-yo clubs. And, they are. and Watford's really quite happy just to get up. Stay up for a few years and, and pop down. I did see a ridiculous statistic. They've had a different manager in every year since 2011. Mm. Every year since 2011, a Loyalty different manager. Is Loyalty is dead in football. Yeah, I mean, I think I think clubs like that will get their just desserts and fail anyway. I think I think you, you reap what you sow in football, and I think they certainly will when that time comes. I don't know about you. I, I think Watford, no, they, I, I'm not sure. I think, look, if you look at Chelsea, their record doesn't stand up much better than Watford's, right, in terms of the churn of their managers. No, maybe not. Right. So, but but Abramovich's cupboard is full of gold and silver and bronze, you know, whatever yeah. he wants. He's got it in there pretty much mm. now. And yeah, what was it? I can't remember the manager's name. He won the European Cup, so he stepped in, took over. Rafa Benitez. No, it? their ex-player, that was the UEFA Cup. The, oh, uh, Robbie Di Matteo, was Yeah. It? And so he won the European Cup, got sacked. Yeah, I mean, no after, other yeah. club <laughs> would ever do that, yeah, right? You yeah, know? yeah. yeah, no, and, that's a very know, good point. And it's like uh, a legend comes back, a real the, the Chelsea goat, you know, Lampard, mm. give him the money. Doesn't like it, gone. I mean, no other club would do that. No, fair comment, fair comment. Not, not, uh, that's, I mean, that's certainly one, one thing that we, we could certainly sit and talk about all day. I mean, as I mentioned though, what, if there is one thing for sure that we can definitively decide about the greatest of all time, it's coming up next. It's the Clash of the Extra Time River Radio presenters in the return of the Predictions League. That's right. Do not fear the international break. The biggest sporting spectacle in the country takes place every Wednesday. It's the return of the Predictions League and it's a brand new month, which means the table has been reset. The end of the month, we're going to be looking at forfeits and it could be, it could be interesting to say the least. Excuse me, sorry. A quick reminder of the rules. Uh, Each week, a member of the team picks out a set of fixtures due to take place in the coming days with each player making predictions for the outcome of each. Completely correct prediction earns a player three points, correctly forecasting the outcome you won and failure to do either obviously wins none uh maria i don't know if you've got if you, if you are you ready to go have you got your predictions are you happy to I've reset you're happy to reset because yeah. you've got to be involved in this one i'm not having this dipping in and out that yeah we've no been no doing. i'm here for the next <laughs> next four weeks i'm here guys let's have uh let's go to the first one then we'll just whip around quickly because i'm conscious of the time rams rugby against Rosslyn park what have you gone for in that one I've gone Rosslyn Park to win 25-18. Okay, Sam, what have you gone for in that one? Yeah, Rosslyn, I had a trial with them, so I've got to go with Rosslyn Park. I have, I've gone for Rosslyn as well, 23-10. They're flying at the top of the league. you got a score I mean. for us, Sam? Uh, yeah, I'll go 28-2, uh, 3 28-2 would be a great prediction. Yeah, that would be great prediction. Next up, we spoke, a bit, spoke about it a little bit earlier, Reading women against Aston Villa. Uh Maria, what do you think? Difficult, difficult. I know we should always back the home home local Teams, team, yeah. yeah, but I've gone Aston Villa 2-0. Sam? I'm going for a shock away, a home win. Really? Okay, yeah. awesome. Uh, I think Reading will get a goal. 
I think Villa will get two more and it'll finish 3 1. So that's what I'm going for on that one. 2 1 or 3 1. 3 1. I think Villa is 3 1. Rockets v the Leicester Warriors, obviously, in the basketball. No need for a score in this one because you just can never get anywhere near. What do you reckon? I've gone for the Rockets. I'm going for Leicester. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Grew up there. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tactic that's worked for him. That's what yeah. you can't... I've gone for the Rockets as well, just because I, 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 quite, I, I quite like the interview we did with him. Uh, England-Hungary on... Um, on I don't even know. That's, what's that, Tuesday, Saturday? Oh, are we talking international yeah. football? Yeah. Ah, bored. That's what I mean. Yeah, no, no inter- <laughs> I'm, I'm a scouser. We don't support England. <laughs> uh, England-Hungary, whenever it is. Uh, Maria, what have you gone for? I've gone on? for a 3-1 England there. 3-1 England. You think Hungary will get a goal? Interesting, yeah. Sam? Uh, no, I've gone 2-0. Hungary or England? England. <laughs> you just never know, do you? Um, and of course, I've gone. I've just gone for a, uh, a simple three 0 win. I think it'll be fairly straightforward. I don't think there'll be too many hiccups, and England will qualify with these. It's just boring, isn't it? The qualifiers. That's the only problem. Yeah. We are rapidly re- uh, reaching the end of the show, though. So you know, bear those predictions in mind. If you want to play along, please feel free to to send Sweet us your submissions us, in. Yeah. But you do have to follow the forfeit if you lose. That's, I don't make the rules. Unfortunately, Who, who's picking the forfeit this week then? Well, we'll just we'll work it work it out as we go, shall we? We'll yeah. see what happens. And remember, if you do. If you have just caught the end of this and you want to go back and listen to it, you've got a podcast on Spotify. You're more than welcome to go and have a look at and listen back and hear our dulcet tones all over again. I don't know why you wouldn't want to. Uh, Maria, thank you so much for joining me and being back again. It's been great. I'll be back again next week, guys. <laughs> Sam, it's always a pleasure, never a chore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you very much for having me. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, I've been Will Taylor and this has been Extra Time on River Radio. Windsor, Windsor, Ascot, Ascot Maidenhead, Maidenhead, Bracknell, Bracknell Wokingham, Wokingham, Henley, Henley.